This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Hello, hello, my Let's Keep It Real people. I know you're like, Sandy, we missed you, but it's summer and I have to take some weeks off, but don't you worry because I'm coming back bigger and stronger and I'm starting out with this awesome sauce guest. His name is Gregory Wright, but we call him G. I don't know if it's G man, but we're going to say G before I bring him out. Let me just tell you a little bit about him. G is a rock star speakers coach and producer at All Things Relax Studios. Don't you love that? Especially when you're getting on stage. Along with Sandy D, queen, I love this, queen of Podcast Zen, he shows coaches, creative entrepreneurs, and authors how to create a crystal clear message. I could go on forever. I need that. And connect with their audience in the rock star speakers program. I'm going to tell you more about him later, but welcome, G. Thanks for being on. Thanks for having me, Sandy. I'm excited to be here. Okay, so what's your one word? I ask all my guests, one word. You get one word, whatever pops in your head, to best mm. describe your past 30 days. doesn't matter what it is and why'd you pick it. Development. Ooh. Yes. I've never, I've had a lot of words, but not development. Tell me more. So as, as you mentioned, we have our, our rockstar speakers um, program, right? Mm -hmm. But then we're also like my partner, Sandy D is going to do a retreat and I'm going to do a summit. And I think in the last 30 days, we've just really begun to develop the business of seeing, okay, not only what do we do and who do we want to help and how do we want to do it? But, you know, I think there's, um, I don't know. I think there's something about when you really just throw like caution to the wind or really don't care what everybody else is doing. And you just find what you really like to do. And I feel like we're full speed ahead now. We're just going forward Mm. with this, whether people attend or not, which they will attend probably. But, you know, development like just. Yeah, I think a lot's happened in the last, you know, 30, 60 days that. it really helps with, I think a lot of stuff's going on with the planets and everything as we talk, right? So, yeah. I'm so glad you said that because I think the problem that many of us get into is we think we have a good idea and then we go on social media and we go, ah, crap, there's a million people doing this and what? how am I going to stand out? And now I'm going to be, and I always say to people, every time I do something and someone says, you're going to write another self-help book, you're going to do a podcast. There's millions of them. And you know what I say? Well, then there'll be a million and one. Because when I really want to do something, I'm going to do it. And and I hope people attend, you know, and they will, but I got to do it because I'm passionate and I love it, which I know you are. So let's give them a little bit of background of why you started this company. And I have so many questions about that. You were a... (laughs) Or I'm sure you have millions of stories. Do you have a journal? 25 years of touring and managing. I think you were a sound manager for rock bands all over the yeah, world. I was, I was a tour manager and live sound engineer for over 25 years. Worked with many, many well-known artists, a lot of great uh, bands and lead singers and the Queen of Soul before she passed away. I've got, I got to work with her. And what I loved about touring was traveling all over the planet and realizing that music is the one thing that really connects every society and every country, no matter what country you go to, there's people that connect with, with the music. So it was, it was a great career. I'm so glad you said that because music, dance, it's universal. I've done Mm -hmm. a lot of keynote speaking and Mm -hmm. There have been times I'm thinking, I don't really think they understand what I'm saying, meaning language barrier. Okay. Okay. And I was like, I was in Thailand. I'm like, I think 50% of my audience really doesn't speak English that well. And I would go in the middle of it. Screw it. Let's just dance. And guess what? Yes. Yes. That's what they remembered the most. That nine months of planning 
They yeah. remember I made them feel awesome by creating this dance together. You know, same thing. Put the music on. It was yep. awesome. All right. So did you burn out? I mean, did it get old traveling or were you still going strong when you decided mm. to make a shift? It's, uh, I, I think it's like anything in business. Uh, when, when people that aren't in the industry that you're in, see it from the outside, like the outside lens, it looks different, but when you're in the middle of it, it's, it's not as exciting as, as it may seem on the outside. It really became more of a corporate job and you're just moving people city to city. Uh, but I really came off the road because my father was, uh, had open heart surgery and uh, he was going to go into a nursing home. So I came off the road to take care of him. And it was literally just months right before the pandemic hit, which basically took everybody off the road for good. So I, I kind of think, I wouldn't say I'm retired entirely from it. Like if, if a right ah. show or right artist came out to just maybe go do something for fun or a one-off or something, maybe. But I think as far as the touring industry and journey, I think that that chapter is, 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 is in the past. And now I'm really excited about the new chapter of coaching people, yeah. you know, coaches, authors, creative entrepreneurs, how to use the same techniques that these artists use before they go on stage, how they can use it to promote their business. And that's where I yeah, am now. I was listening to one of your interviews, and this is so true. I've met a lot, a lot of great speakers. I mean, they get on that stage and you're like, whoa, but then they get off the stage. And that introvert comes out. So people just assume performers, like even rock stars are extroverts. And I, you know, I was fortunate enough to hang out with a few of them that I would see when they get off that stage, some of them just wanted to beeline, you know, into as close as they can into their room without anybody around them because they were yes. dreamed. And it wasn't yes. because they were a snob. No, you know, no, no. Misperception. And so the biggest question I got for you for those people were help me because I have a lot of speaker friends when they come off and they're asked to do interviews, they're like, blah, 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 blah. Or they just keep talking nonstop and people don't get it because they're like, we just saw you up there. So what do they do? One of them said, let me just give you the first question. Please okay. ask. She said. G man, but just please ask G. Okay. How can I explain to people that I'm not a bad person and I'm not being snooty when it's difficult for me to socialize after I come off the stage? I am an extreme introvert and I don't know how to cure it. That's a great this, question. This is fascinating because this is what artists artists deal with. Okay. So in and just my opinion of the music industry, this is why the meet and greets always happen before the show. When you look at the bigger artists, they do the fan meets, any type of interviews and everything before the show, because uh -huh. right after the show, they, they head right into the SUVs and go either to the hotel or the jet or the bus or wherever and on to the next city, you know, or, or even now if you can't, but the, the problem with that is that a lot of people, it's hard to be interviewed before they speak when they don't know what they're what they're necessarily going to talk about. So I would say if you you just spoke and then you have like this, you know, meet the fans as we talk about in the press, give yourself 15, 20 minutes that everybody knows. This is the what we call the towel off period. Like the artists come off stage, they're soaked in sweat, right? They need time to go to the dressing room and they need time to towel off. And not just towel off, maybe maybe they grab a bite, maybe oh, they yes. chill, like, like meditate, vet, yeah. vent, come down from the, because let's face it, it is a, an endorphin, an adrenaline when you're on stage and you're having a great show and you're in the pocket and the audience loves it. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as you come off stage, all the fans want, oh, that was so great. Can I get a photo? Can I get, you know, and I, you know, they want to interview and everything. It's, it's really important to have that boundary of, hey, guys, I'll be right out. Give me about 15 minutes to kind of go, you know, chill mm -hmm. and and then kind of collect your thoughts, 
and, and come down from it, but also try not to be too critical of yourself. We talk about this in Rockstar Speakers. After your show, do not be so critical on yourself, like what you screwed up or what you need to do different. You still want to stay in that rock star mode yeah. because when you meet your fans, here's the thing. When you meet your fans, they don't know if you had a bad show. They don't know if you said the wrong word or, you know, you've been to concerts where the guitar just went out for a second or the lead singer forgets the words and points the mic at the crowd. You don't know. So you want to make sure when you come off stage, you still have that rock star presence, but also take time to just kind of you know focus yeah and 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 a good thing to do with fans too is is have somebody in your team this is what we used to do to wrangle people right have somebody in your team who can say oh she's going to be right out in like 15 minutes here's a table where you guys like keep them entertained keep the crowd going exactly. so that when you do go this is what we would do with after show meet and greets after the show they go to the table and sit down and meet the crowd and there's a bottle of water there and there's a sharpie and there's a towel you know what i mean and it's kind of like it really brings more of a rock star feel to it but it also creates some type of organization of where when people walk off stage they're not being you know um like 25 people coming to them at the same time pulling at them mm. it's like go yeah. back to your dressing room chill out for 15 20 minutes have your team set up a official meet and greet place and then come out and be the rock star and meet everybody and do the photos and and everything that's kind of how we do it i love that i always call my people if they don't want their name either sally bell for the females or billy bob and billy, billy bob yeah worked with a lot of billy bobs in my yeah. life <laughs> yeah and billy bob was saying i was talking to him the other day and he said he gets off stage and runs to the bathroom because he doesn't know what else to say and he hides in the bathroom. But I think what I'm hearing is don't apologize that you need that time no, to recruit. Do not apologize. Go to your freaking room they give you. They, you know, you have a green room, most of these people don't feel bad, but he doesn't go in there because he thinks they don't understand. And he goes in the bathroom and hides and meditates. That's one way, one way to do it. But you want to have this in advance too. If you're, if you have a green room, then you have people on your team, and it could be even just one person. Yeah, it one person a partner yeah. could be an assistant. Doesn't have to be like a twenty-person crew. One person yeah. on the team that when you're in that dressing room, it's off limits to everybody else. Yeah, it's just you there, sitting there, composing your thoughts. You know, a lot of times green rooms will have a bathroom or something. You just want to go and, and freshen up, yeah. right? And give it 15, 20 minutes. Have your people, this is the best way to create the excitement too, is to, you go on stage, you should feel like a rock star when you perform. When you come off stage, mm -hmm. you should feel like a rock star, pop star, and have your people kind of put them in an area so that when you come there, they're all like, yay, you did great, and it's controlled. And it's much better. It looks better for social media and photos. It makes it much more organized. Can I get a photo with you? Sure, here you go. Like and and it kind of separates a little bit of the show aspect to the after show. You need to have that window, yeah. 15, 20 minutes, and just kind of focus is what I would say. I yeah. love that. Yeah. All right, so let's go to the next mm -hmm. biggest question. Go ahead. I want to make sure I get it in because last time they're like, Sandy, you didn't get this in. All right. A lot of times mm -hmm. I'll have very famous people, well-known speakers on my podcast. Mm -hmm. some reason they'll say to me, I don't know why, Sandy, I'm so nervous. And I guess because they're talking about them, a lot of them and their mm -hmm. journey. Mm -hmm. And as this one guy, Billy Bob two calls it, I get crazy brain in which somebody asks me a question and it's just stream of consciousness, blah, 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 goes on. And I, and I can tell you, there are guests that do that. They just keep going on and they're like, Oh my God, I'm sorry. You're going to have to cut all that. And you don't even know how to break it because they're just so nervous. They just go. They want to know if you have any tricks for them or tips on how to stop the crazy brain. The power of the pause. Yeah. Let people, when they ask you a question, we, we do this with the training and things. Like if I came up to somebody, somebody came up to you on the street and said, tell me about your first car. And it was 20 years ago. 
you're going to pause because I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't remember. It was 20 years ago. I don't remember my first car. But yet when someone asks, well, what do you do? And then they just rattle off like this rehearsed script and everything. Use the power of the pause, you know, take a break and, and don't rush. I think a lot of people, uh-huh. when, when we get nervous, we rush. We speak fast. If we're reading a script, we uh, or trying to follow along with, you know, some type of uh, memorized, we speed up because we need to take a breath. And if you look at some of the best public speakers and politicians, Obama, for instance, I don't know, I mean, you know, talking Oprah, people like that, that when they talk and they want to draw in that point, they pause. And that's what draws the audience in. And they take a breath and they focus on what they're going to say. And then when they present it, it has so much more impact. So if you find yourself in the middle of an interview or in the middle of a show or something, just running and running and running, all you have to do is just kind of pause. Ask the audience a question that makes them think. And that will give you time to go, okay, I lost my place. Where am I now? Okay, I'm good. Okay, this is what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like have some of those two questions. Like, have you ever experienced this in your life? And then pause and let the audience think. That goes with anything you're pretty much talking about, right? It's a good uh, go-to that yeah. you just have a set list there. Like, okay, I need, and and what do comedians do? They take a, a glass of water. That's yeah. timed into their set. They throw the joke out there. They get the response. They wait. They let the audience wait. Then they take a glass, a sip of water, and then they go on and it gives the audience time to catch up. So they don't have to feel nervous and 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 like, oh, what am I going to say? Just ask the audience a question. Not how are you doing? That's that's too broad. It's like, so if you ever felt like that in your life, think about that. Yeah. Yeah. And then just take a sip of water. And then continue on with your speech and give your brain time to catch up and your audience, too. Think of it as a pace and a tempo. Gee, I took a course during COVID. It was an amazing public speaking course and someone recommended it to me. And I was like, I've been speaking for years, but she's like, no, you're going to really do well with this. It was the most amazing thing I did. And it was almost a year. But the biggest thing I got out of it, and I'm very theatrical when I perform, they Mm -hmm. called it take a beat. You know, same thing, pause. Take a beat, and so yeah. I took, yeah, and I took the same speech mm-hmm. and just hesitated, paused, walked a different location. And let me tell you, I did it for the first time in a few weeks in Philly, and it had a whole different feeling. The same exact speech. Yep. yep. Because I am so high energy, but you don't have to do that. When you actually are so up there and then you pause or take a beat, it actually makes like more impact, way more impact. And I didn't have to do that. It took me like a year to put that in of how to like slow down at, at different points, you know, because timing is everything, you know? Yes, timing. I mean, think about your favorite concert when the artists, they know that you know the chorus and they go, you sing and they take a break and the audience is singing along, right? Yeah. That's their chance to rest up. They've got a big note coming up. They need to take a glass of water. They need to get ready for the next, you know, whatever the theatrical thing is in acting. I mean, God, Christopher Walken is, you know, and, and William Shatner. I mean, these guys are just brilliant at being able to pause mid-sentence and have that actually be part of their sound, their signature sound. Yeah. So, yeah, people shouldn't be afraid of the pause and the um. Um happens when we're talking. We, you know, we don't write out um in a script, but um is a really is a way for our brain to catch up. Like, oh, that's wow, that's a great idea. You know, I never thought of that. And you pause and draw draw the audience in a little bit. Wait a minute. That's the first time anyone said to me, it's okay to say um. If anything, they try to break you, well, maybe if you do it too much. I mean, yeah, 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 but. Hmm. Okay. Anyhow. Well, you asked me some deep question. I go, hmm. Like, why would you not do that? How would you not do that? You yeah, that's different. You're right. Have to You're right. Think about I'm not going to have an answer ready to go. Like in a second, I'm going to have to have time to 
Even if you're asking the audience a question and you already know what the rest of your presentation is, you got to give them time to catch up. Yeah. Let them think. I love like comedians that will just, they, they call milk the crowd, but they will like, after a joke, they'll just stand there and let the silence go over the audience. And after a while, it goes from uncomfortable to it just, and it soaks in like there's, so many things you can do dynamically when yeah. you're performing with vocal and pause and ums and ah and don't worry about all that. Violet, yeah. Yes, yes. It's so fun. Okay, so how did you get I get why you stopped doing what you did for 25 years, but how mm -hmm. did you take that leap to I want to help people present better, have a crystal it's clear message? It started out with uh, when the pandemic happened, I, I met my partner, Sandy D, bef before the pandemic. Uh, and we, you know, we're living together and everything. So pandemic happened. And I was like, we want to we want to talk to people. We want to hang out with people, but we can't really go anywhere to talk to people. And she's like, well, let's start a podcast. And I'm like, well, and this is how she became the queen of podcast Zen. Well, my partner, Sandy, is a Virgo and an introvert and was terrified of public speaking. Like the first time she put the mm. headphones on and heard herself in the, in the headphones with the mic, she's like, "That I don't sound like that. And I'm like, yeah, you do, but we'll, we'll work on it, right? And so I basically started showing her all the tips and techniques that I learned from years with these artists. And then we decided, you know what? There's a lot of you know, entrepreneurs out there and coaches and authors, people promoting their books that really need to learn this skill. So that's why we created this. So it really came out of how do we get her message out to the world, you know, when we're in a position where we can't go out and talk to people in person. So that's one thing that the pandemic really helped steer our company in a different direction that, you know, and Zoom was yeah. just coming out and everything. And it was like, okay, now we get we show people how to be comfortable on camera. So when you were managing, mm -hmm. did you help them with their interviews? Unofficially, yes. <laughs> we, okay. had access, we had media training and all that, but I would teach, I would show them like, look, when you go into this TV studio, don't think about the millions of people watching the show. Think about the one person who's asking you the questions. That's who you're talking to. It's a conversation. It's a yeah. conversation between you and whoever's asking you the questions. And that's it. Don't worry about the lights. Don't worry about the camera. Let's make sure we know, like I did prep them. Like, okay, this is the day. This is where we're playing. This is the time. Like I had, you know, basically a set list mm -hmm. and note cards for them. But when they go on camera, it's just, this person wants to know more about you and share stories. So yeah, I did. I did a lot of uh, unofficially. I mean, because the publicist did a lot of training. Yeah, too. okay, of course. I pull them aside and be like, "Look, you know, this is your chance. Talk to that one person. Don't worry about the audience." Yeah. And it's the same thing for people going on their on their phone, on social media. Don't worry about trying to talk to all your followers and all the people out there, millions of people. Talk to that one person. Have that conversation, and it takes a lot of the pressure. Yeah. Away. Yeah. So is there anyone that sticks out that you like, Sandy, they were an awesome interviewer, like anybody, like, boom, they had it solid. They captivated people. Oh, boy, that's a really, really good question. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I never really thought of it that way. I mean, a lot of the pop artists that I worked with were very dialed in very dialed because they I mean the record label spent a lot of money on artist development media gotcha. training hair makeup all that but some of the best interviews that I ever saw was with a much smaller band and we're in like some radio station and the the DJ is just asking them about what's your favorite music and instead of going to some canned response they just start they just start saying a story like you know ever since I was five years old I grew up listening uh -huh. to Zeppelin you know, I used to put they used to rock me to sleep to Zeppelin. So I guess it's stuck. Yeah. And it was just like an authentic thing. It wasn't part of the this is how to promote yeah. the record. This is what to say at the show and stuff. And I found that the more uh, authentic people were and the more comfortable they were with just having a conversation, the better the stories were, the more authentic the interview sounded. 
So I don't really want to pinpoint somebody that was good or someone that was bad. I just Not say bad. Of, I would never ask you to put bad. Just okay. someone stuck out. Yeah. Um, a lot of the bands that just really, especially when they're doing their first their first interview, it's just awesome because they're so nervous, but yet they're like, you know what? I'm just going to talk about who I am. And sometimes those interviews are better even than the people that spent years and months being trained and have that, uh, I won't say the word, but there's a word in the industry of where there sounds like they're, they're fake, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We'll say so, polished. <laughs> polished. Polished is good. Yeah. Yeah. Too polished. Yeah. No, it's fun. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's switch gears a little bit because okay. we do have a lot of speakers out there. Okay. And some of them perform a lot. Some of them are just starting out and okay. I've got a bunch of questions for them. And you, we actually talked about it a teeny bit before he came on. Okay. There's so many different philosophies of how to practice and train yourself to be on stage. Mm. So many. Now, let me just tell you, we, we talked a little bit about what I went through. I Spoke for years. I owned health clubs in the wellness and fitness arena. Never had any training, self-taught, but traveled all over, wrote books on mm -hmm. train your head, five will follow, and mm -hmm. did really well. A lot of it I wrote out, but then when I got up there, it was improv. Played with the audience, right? Yep. Never had yep. a script with me, but I, I knew my subject matter. During COVID, then I had the opportunity, opportunity not to travel. And that's when I took this course. And what it did for me is I know my speech so well that I can get up there and improv, but I don't have a script. Like, and no one's going to know if I went off script, but I've right. practiced it over and over to the point where I know where I'm standing. I know where the point where they're going to laugh. But mm -hmm. if I forgot something, they're not going to know. But I don't have anything down. And it's a 45 to 60 minute keynote. So wow. I, I, I never thought I would do that, G. But I just kept practicing segments, knew my yep. body language. And when I got done, I'm like, listen, they're not going to know if I got it right or not. Right. But when I went back to look at it. I landed 99% of exactly what I had written. So that is off script, but mm -hmm. I'm so relaxed. So here's the big question to that. Cause people always say that, wow, you changed. Like, why would you go do that course? You were already so good. And I'm telling you, it did take me up a level. So, okay. Here's the big question for that. A lot of people say they're great at it and they wing it. How do you feel about, Hey, you've been in the industry for a while. You can just get up there, play off the audience and wing it. They want to know what your response is to that. I think even if you're doing improv, okay, if you're improving, you're basing it on some type of reality. You're basing it on some story. So the idea for me of winging it, that I'll just get up there and wing it, that I would never do that because I like to be rehearsed and practice having said that i uh we have like a phrase with our company ditch the script meaning that like you don't have to focus on every word being perfect what we show you with the our, our uh, system of the set list is if you have great stories you have a great story of how you got your start you have a great story of you know what what you do like we we, we call this the top five i'll give this to your audience it's, it's in the program but the top five is um what do you do who do you help? Why do you do what you do? What makes you unique? And why people should work with you? And there's many more, but that's how we refer to it as the top five. If okay. you have rehearsed stories that really go into that, that, you know, then when you're putting your set list together, you're just, because I think what you've done is you've performed so many times that here's the thing. This is, this is what's going to blow people's minds. When we're performing, we're not performing with the, the conscious we're performing with the subconscious it's really the subconscious connecting to the other people they have a feeling associated with it they're not focused on what word we say or if we say and or um or whatever it's the story and the feeling of it 
So if you practice this story of how you got your start in your business, what it was like, you know, doing the first internship right out of college, and you have this great story that you've talked about and shared, right? Then when your subconscious takes over, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's going to plug all the words into what it is without having to rely on a script. I think once you take your, your, your mind out of the script mode and put it into more natural, you can still in your mind see like, do, do you get what I'm saying? I'm trying, yeah, to, I do. I'm trying to explain NLP without going out and explaining NLP, but that's really what it is. When you are talking to your audience, you're connecting with them on a different level. They're not just listening to the words you say, they're listening to how you feel, how you talk. So if you're talking from a place of this is how you feel and it's authentic, the audience is going to connect with that a lot more than, Mm. okay, here's a PowerPoint and, oh, I missed point three. Let me get my notes. I screwed up. Like the audience doesn't know if you screw up unless you make a big deal about it. Absolutely. And if you're talking from the level of subconscious, right, from memory, this feeling that you have when when you're talking about this story, you're taking the audience back. Think about when you were five years old growing up. What did you want to be? You ask that to the audience. Now you've got them in a different place that they're thinking completely different than if you went into a script and 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 tried to have everything controlled. So the idea in my mind of improv is I'm prepared. Like with this interview, I have a set list of all these different stories. I'll show you there. Oh, I love it. So, you know, but it's not a script, but it's just different points and things. Um, And I think it's repetition. The more you do anything, the more you rehearse and everybody has a different way to rehearse. I I record everything on the iPhone on the uh, audio app. I want to listen to what my tone sounds like. Then I go on camera and record a video. And then I want to know my tone, my tempo. Like for me, every time I'm speaking, I have a song playing in the background. So every speech has a different tempo to it because it has a different song playing. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Like, really? So every bit has the song? Usually it's uh, Eye of the Tiger or We Will Rock You from Queen. But there's something like a tempo in the back. Maybe this is from being around music for so long. Uh, but in the back yeah. of my mind, before I go on video, I hear this boom, bow, boom, boom, bow. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. And then I go on video and I just talk. But it's all very rehearsed. I'm going to take that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And I have the Tigers always playing. If I want to slow it down, I'll have some ballad, you know. Try not to go too many ballads or I'll get too emotional. But, you know, because I have Whitney Houston playing in my mind. That was. Oh, gosh. That's how I got in the music industry is I snuck into a show to meet her tour manager. And that set the whole thing up. I've talked about that on other interviews as well. But that was the fork in the road. That's the Whitney story. How old were you? All right. I didn't hear that interview. So I didn't. Okay. Now I I need to know. I was 18. I was on the road with a USO group going around to veterans hospitals performing. I was doing sound for this group. And we were in somewhere in Oklahoma or somewhere in the middle of the tour. And uh, long story short, because I know we only have so much time, but I ended up sneaking into the concert, meeting her tour manager, watching the show at front of house at the soundboard. And when I heard Whitney's vocal in my headphones, that was it. That day I decided this is what I'm doing. And that began the journey of 25 plus years of working with the who's who of the music industry. Yeah. I love that you snuck in. Right? That makes I me just, happy. <laughs> I didn't know how I was going to do it. I just knew that I was going to do it. So that's on my set list as a Whitney story. So if someone asked yeah. me a question about what do you do when you face the crossroads? Well, then I've got the Whitney. So on the set list, it yeah. literally says, Whitney's story. But I've got about 10 different versions of that. You see, if I want it to go 10 minutes, I can make that go 10 minutes. If I want it to go 30 seconds, if I want it to go eight minutes. So if I have that set, that song, like a comedian has their their jokes, it's sets, yeah. right? If I have that Whitney story on the set list, how long do I want it to take? I could go into the whole, I wanted to be a radio DJ at five years old and lead all that up to the Whitney story 
And then from there, I can fast forward to another part. So you see, this is what I'm saying about using a set list. Yeah. If you just have these great stories. They're not scripted, but depending like on what yeah. piece you want to pull to the audience, someone asks you a question in an interview, you've got this go-to. I like that idea. So, I mean, and you could use that story in so many different ways. Like, how did you get started? Well, I stuck yep. into that. Yep. But you also might say, I know I want to get that story in. And so depending on what question, you'll figure out the angle. But more importantly, you can make it 30 seconds or 10 minutes. So it's not the same exact story. Right. Because it's in your mind. It's authentic. It happened. And when I talk about it, it's my subconscious connecting with that event in my life. Mm. So I don't have to remember word for word. I don't have to remember details. I'm not, I don't know what day of the week it was or what the weather was like. Those aren't important details. What's important is the feeling I had. The feeling I had when I knew I was going to get into the show and I didn't know how I was going to do it. I knew I was going to meet this tour manager who changed my life, but I didn't know how I was going to do it. So if someone asks about intuition, there's a great story from the set list of just follow your intuition or manifesting do you see so what I mean? did you go right into that after high school without going to college i could i could uh, if it depends on the set it depends on the the audience right i mean you can have like the same type of set list but it's different for each audience your audience is a lot of public speakers and entrepreneurs so i'm going to talk more yeah. on the business side if i was going on a show or in front of an audience that's very much on the woo side right Medi uh, meditation manifestation then i'll talk about this manifestation story of prague but all it says on the set list is prague do you see what i mean i'm not going to go into yeah. everyone but like you get to a point where so this goes back to the whole winging it you don't have to go on stage and wing it if you have this great set list of even eight or 10 different stories hmm. that you can pull from and then piece them together, kind of like a comedian yeah. putting jokes together or an artist putting songs together that stay the same tempo or, or create the same type of feeling, then you don't have to worry about trying to wing it. You have this set list of like 10 great stories that you can pull from. Yeah, by the way, Besides yes. being business people, there are a lot of woo-woo people on here. So Okay, I'm well, manifesting is the key. You have to, I'll go into that. Real so I want the Prague story now. They want to hear okay. it. Okay. So this is so, good. See, this is good because you're pulling out stories like, wait a minute. Here we go. This is great. Okay, I will, because I'm looking at the clock and I know we only have so much time. So I'll keep it short. There's like a 10 minute version of this. I'll give you like the, the two minute version. But two the bottom, 30 seconds, okay. 30 seconds. Oh. Two minute and thir no, I said two minute and 30 seconds, two minutes, 30 seconds. OK, so I'm kidding. I I did a awakening the third eye exercise where I watched this video and I went to the meditation oh. and and before I did this, I created a vision board. I've always been big on vision boards. And I put a picture on the vision board of Prague. This is a city I've been in Europe many times, but I've never been to Prague. So I put this on my vision board. Then I, I went and did this uh, exercise, this meditation, the third eye. And when I woke up, everything was crystal clear. This was many years ago. Everything was crystal clear. Like I could see like a different vision, right? And I went and I checked my email and they said, guess what? You're going to Europe and here are the dates. And the very first date on the European tour was Prague. So I put on my vision board months ago, a picture of Prague. And then maybe two or three months after I put it on the vision board, I was literally in Prague taking a photo of the same photo that I had on my vision board. So Love That's it. That's a very short version, but it's really about manifesting and really being crystal clear on what do you want to accomplish. So if you're a speaker starting out, see yourself as that successful speaker. Mm. Manifest it, see it, be it, yeah. practice it. Yeah. Study the people that you feel are at that level. What do they have? We talk about this in Rockstar Speakers. What is their X factor? What is it about them that stands out? and then do an evaluation on yourself. What is it about you that stands out? I have this little thing and I know it's gonna happen. I think since I was in my twenties, I wanna be on stage with Tony Robbins. That's my big thing. There you thing. go, there you and, go. 
And so I have this little bit now yeah. I started doing of Tony inviting me up and telling him that I, I met him in a paper bag and I have a whole bit on it. And like my son's coming downstairs. What are you doing? Cause I'm sitting here pretending I'm like shaking a hand at Tony Robbins. He's like, you're, you're not pretending, pretending you're mm-hmm. visualizing, right? You're manifesting it. You're right. Visualizing. You are, you're visualizing. Yeah. Yeah. You are rehearsing. And by the way, G did not know this. Yeah. He did not know this. I teach vision board classes. So that's why you do. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And and a lot of my train your head and body will follow. It's all of visioning. And you had no idea. So no, no, set him up for that. I did not set him up for that. We we put the French Riviera on our vision board two years ago, and now we live in Nice in the French Riviera. That was my next question because I remember we had to reschedule because mm-hmm. she said I'm moving to France. Yes. Yeah. I know. It was on the vision board. Well, well for where two did years, you live before great. then? Where were you before? We were in central Pennsylvania and I've been out in LA and New Wait York. Wait a minute. And- so you lived near me? I live in the suburbs. We didn't know. We, we were in uh, State College for a while. Oh. She okay. worked at Penn State. Oh, a couple hours, two and a half hours. Yeah, so. a couple hours. Yeah, yeah, Philly. Yeah, I miss the cheesesteaks, though. They do not have good cheesesteaks over here in France. Not like Philly. The hoagies and pizza are good here, I'm but like I don't know. The French free Riviera. No, it's pretty good. We do we do have good bakeries, though. Yeah. yeah. So how long have you been there? We've been here about, what, nine months or so? Yeah. But it was all on the vision board. Everything we want, we put on the vision board and then look at it every day. And then, well, then you're talking woo, the secret. You manifest it. I'm so happy and grateful yeah. now. I don't that... even think of it as woo woo. I just think it's real. That's it. It's I real. Think... It's real. Okay. I believe it's science. It's how the brain. Works. It is science. It's frequencies. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, what's your favorite thing about living there? Uh, the culture. Love? The culture. Oh. Yeah. I've always been around, I've always been like an international culture i always like to be around different languages different food different culture um the weather is great the people are great it's yeah, yeah. i don't know much french but sandy covers that for me and i, I oh really she don't. does she knows french oh she's fluent in french she's yeah french citizen and everything she's like yeah oh deal. you're hooked yeah. up as long as you're with I'm somebody up. yeah i don't i can say hello and goodbye and that's about it and i try to order like yeah. some croissants <laughs> She's gonna kill me when she hears this. I'm like, I gotta learn French. It's a hard language to learn. It's it's hard to learn. I've been there a few times, and I was with yeah. friends that lived yeah. there, and I tried. I'm not good at. It. I can just tell you, I, it's some people language comes easier than others. For me, not so good. Okay, <laughs> I'm just thinking from Penn State to the French Riviera. It's so beyond different. Like beyond different that's the power of manifesting and she said from a little kid that she always wanted to live in france and i this is funny i was on an interview in june we moved in like october november i was on an interview in june where um uh, cindy asked me what's your definition of wealth and i said uh living on the beach in france with sandy and having a company be successful and that was long before we even knew about you know the opportunity over here so yeah, yeah. people should really focus on what they want, put it on a vision board and really like be and and rehearse like you're doing, rehearsing with Tony Robbins, like manifest it, visualize it. And it's not pretend. Don't say no, that. It's visualizing. Visualize. OK, so then what are you and Sandy visualizing for the company? We are working to. We um, we don't want to work with everybody on the planet. We've decided that. So we make it very exclusive. We only want to work with a handful of people, the right people. So we've got our rock star speakers where we work with businesses to, you know, speak with confidence and clarity, connect with their audience. She has her um, Soleil retreat that she is creating. It's going to be in October for only 12 women from all over the world. I just launched or about to launch my, I want to call it the G25 summit, but I can't because that's a that's used already, but it's Riviera on stage. It's going to be like G's summit of 25. I'm going to get 25 of the best business leaders 
together. And that's the only, that's the audience, that's everybody. And it's going to be like an audition process. And we're going to have people come over here, you know, in November when it's cold everywhere else, come over here to the French Riviera. It's going to be a two day summit. It's going to be a power summit of where we all get together and we share ideas. And we're going to talk about, you know, business strategy and public speaking. And yeah, it's going to be a lot. Of fun. That'll be fun. Yeah, it's going to be great. Okay, so that's November. Then let me just yep. back up because we can always put it on the show notes too. But you said Sandy yep. is doing something just for women. And I'm not sure yep. when's that or you don't know yet. It's, it's in October. It's uh, Sandy D's Soleil Retreat. It's Unlock Your Creative Zen. And it's only for 12 women from around the world to come here and spend like a week in the French Riviera. And just there's something, Sandy, there's something about the energy over here. It's not just the palm trees and the, and the beach and everything. There yeah. is something uh, really science wise, uh, you know, manifesting wise. Uh, there is a different energy over here. This is mm -hmm. where some of the most creative people, you know, authors and um you know, painters and sculptors and everybody that, you know, Picasso and everybody comes here, came here to get inspiration. There is something very powerful about this area. I believe yeah. very much this part yeah. of the whole, and it doesn't help being on the French Riviera, but there is something very, very unique about the energy here. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. You can feel when you travel, when you go to an area that people are just more relaxed and happy. The whole energy changes on the street. Yes. You know? Yes. Versus when you go down a street that people are very guarded. Yeah. <laughs> and won't even look at you. You, It's like pets and it has a totally different feeling. That's it why does. people go off to the mountains or the ocean, just mm -hmm. to feel the vibe and the energy. I, for years, people said, Sandy, you got to go to Sedona. It's so different. I'm like, eh, how different can it be? It's different. Did you go? Yeah, I did. It's incredible, isn't it? It's, it's, you can't describe it. There's an energy there. Mm. There's a Even very. My husband who doesn't get, he supports me. Okay. He has no idea what, like, he's a lawyer. He's that logical. Even he, G, got it. He was like, okay. I'm feeling something. That's he didn't awesome. know what, but there was something going on there. Right. Right. Yes. It's true. Just saying. It, it's true. Okay. Wait. I got to get this. The, uh, one more question before we go. I got to okay. get this one question. Sure. So, you mentioned a little bit that your program works with crystal clear messaging. Right. Mm -hmm. talk about yes. that. That's one thing because yes. very, very important. Is it part of the program and your teaching? Is that part of what you teach your clientele? Yes. Okay. By by just being crystal clear on what you want to say and who you're talking to, it doesn't matter what you say. Meaning the words that you say, you don't have to worry about having it be a script. If you're talking from your heart, if you're talking from authenticity, you know, mm -hmm. like your, your passion comes through. So, yeah, that's what I mean by having a crystal clear message. Is that it just like a tractor beam right to the audience? Totally different than a lot of people describe that. You know that. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. I love that. It, yeah. That feels better to me. Mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. All right. What are you going to eat tonight? Uh, you know, the best thing about living in France. That's uh, what I wanted to know. Like, where are you eating? What are you eating? Do you cook? Like, what's your favorite food? Uh, but believe it or not, there. I mean, sometimes we just we just cook. We just cook at home. We just go to like the butcher and get some like steaks and things and just make it here. But there's a lot of great restaurants and, and uh, yeah, I do, I do eat a lot of uh, crepes and, you know, French food and the pastries are the best. There's a bakery right downstairs and every, I mean, God, every morning it's just like the best. So, but I do miss Philly and I do miss the cheesesteaks. I do miss the cheesesteaks. We cannot find that. I know, here. but I swear, even though I eat pastries every day when I was over there, 
I feel like I was losing weight. You know, I don't know what I said. <laughs> I don't know if it's because I was walking a lot more. Or a lot what? of walking. Yeah. We, we got rid of our cars. We sold our cars when we moved here. You don't need a car where we are. You can take the tram. You can walk. You it's, sold your cars. That's yeah, yeah. 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 Why not? I mean, you, you people drive here, but why? I don't understand. It's like you've got trams, you've got trains, you can walk. I mean, you got to even the bus is, is not bad. It's but walking. Yeah. I love it. Gee, this has been awesome. This and is great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. We got in most of my questions, but just in case, let's repeat okay. where they can find you because there are half the questions I didn't get in in case they want to reach out to you. Where can they find you and Sandy and your business, the whole bit? Um, go to our website, allthingsrelaxstudios.com. You can follow us on IG at Rockstar Speakers, Queen of Podcasts, and I'll send you all those. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm really finding LinkedIn is a great place too. So there, we have a All Things Relax Studios group there, and and just connect with me on LinkedIn. Oh, or yeah, I, it's fine, but LinkedIn. LinkedIn yeah. is great. I, I think LinkedIn is is probably one of the better ones than over IG and Facebook, in my own opinion. I like LinkedIn. So cool. We're yeah. good. Yeah. All right. Any last words before we go off the air? Uh, just follow your intuition and and don't worry about. Uh, okay, the last thing I'll leave is that perception. Or I'm sorry, excuse me, I screwed up. Perfection is perception. So when you go on camera, it's not, not about being perfect. When you go on your phone and you're talking to your audience, you're on stage talking to your audience. It's not about being perfect. It's about being authentic. If they can feel the authenticity, they're not going to remember what you say or don't say, or if you screwed something up, they're going to remember the feeling that you have. So take the pressure off of everything having to be perfect and memorized perfectly and just go and share incredible stories and rock the stage. I love it. We're going to end there. All right, my let's keep it real people. She really kept it real. We really appreciate you sharing, liking it, rating it. I love your support. You guys have been so good to me. And you know what I'm going to say? Until next time, thanks, G, and toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.